Chapter 145 Sword into the Tide Xu Fengyan and his group took a slight detour on their way back and arrived at Guangling River. Today was the height of the August tide, and visitors from far and wide gathered to witness the awe-inspiring spectacle. Swallow Rock, renowned for its picturesque views, stood unrivaled among all as the premier location for tide-watching. On this particular day, the Guangling Navy organized a Grand Fleet review, and Zhao Yi, Lord of Guangling, graced the occasion. As the tidal waters rushed into the bay, a majestic warship, proudly flying the Wangling naval flag, led the way. Spanning a stretch of three miles along the riverbanks, the huge crowds of people dressed in exquisite garments were drawn by the scene. As Xu Fenyan arrived a bit late, the ideal spots for tide watching by the riverside were already occupied by tents and tables. He had to leave the carriage behind for Xu Xiu and Yang Qingfeng to watch over. Walking to the riverside, Xu Fengyan saw a wave of tides surging by. He took a jar and the Durandal from Qingyao's hands, first throwing the jar containing Lu Qiantang's ashes into the river, and then with a swift sword throw, he hit the jar and broke it in half, scattering the ashes amidst the turbulent tide. Though Xu Fengyan didn't harbor deep sorrow for Liu Qiantang's passing, he understood the importance of fulfilling the Eastern U.S. swordsman's final wish, thus feeling compelled to honor his commitment. Rising to his feet and clapping his hands, Xu Fengyan noticed Chen Yu's gaze fixed upon a feature of the warship. With a peculiar look, he jested. What's the matter? A boyfriend of yours? She calmly shook her head and replied. He once shared unique insights on the interplay between calligraphy and swordsmanship. The cursive script, with its minimal strokes and maximal empty spaces, holds profound spiritual depth. If these principles were applied to swordsmanship, the results would be extraordinary. Oh, that's just empty talk. Boring. Xu Fengyan interjected abruptly. Chen Yu just smiled. She didn't think he could understand anyway. Xu Fengyan carried on in a self-deprecating tone. Sure, you don't have to tell me everything, Chen Yu. But now that we're family, you are free to let me know if there used to be someone on your mind. Unfazed, Chen Yu asked. So if I did, would you kill him? Xu Fengyan chuckled heartily. I admire your temper, you know. You would be perfect for my little brother. Chen Yu's gaze drifted towards Swallow Rock, where an obese man clad in an overstretched python robe stood. She let out a sigh for no reason. Xu Fengyan ridiculed. You must be joking. Even Zhao Yi, Lord of Guanling... Chen Yu maintained her composure, offering no response. Xu Fengyan slid his hands into his sleeves. Let's return to Northern Liang, he said. Chen Yu didn't move. She thought about something for a moment before saying, 
Someone is forcing me to go to the capital, and you cannot stop it. Xu Fengyin paused in his tracks, a mischievous expression spreading across his face as he said, Who dares to make such audacious claims, seeking to conquer the world? Chen Yu gazed at Xu Fengyin's face, devoid of any jest. The grin on Xu Fengyin's face faded. Chen Yu stooped down, retrieving a cluster of reed catkins from the ground and casting them away into Guangling River, where she explained, When I was three years old, Mount Longhu and the Directorate of Astrology calculated my fate, and mine was a good palace-destined karma. Li Zhonggang, who had been standing by the side, couldn't resist interjecting sarcastically. Either becoming a queen or a favoured concubine. Talk about some fortune. Xu Fengyin responded with an O and said nothing further. As the group prepared to leave the riverside, an untimely sound of horse hooves erupted. Dozens of light cavalrymen in shining armor rode forcefully through the crowd, creating a path by pushing aside the people. Many unsuspecting citizens were knocked down by the charging horses. Leading the charge was a big and strong cavalryman carrying a pitch-black serpent spear. His gaze immediately locked onto Shifengyin, who stood by the shore. Without hesitation, the cavalryman increased his speed, aiming directly at Shifengyin. During the chaos, a boy, perhaps separated from his parents, tumbled onto the road, crying out in distress. However, the cavalryman wielding that menacing spear showed no signs of reining in his horse, his sinister smile instilling fear in all who saw it. Just as the hoof the size of a bowl loomed dangerously close to trampling the defenseless child, a handsome nobleman dressed in splendid white attire swiftly approached from behind the spring child with a graceful posture and agile footwork. He bent down, seizing the child by the collar, and pulled the boy close to his chest, executing a remarkably smooth emergency stop. Leaning slightly backward with his slender figure, the nobleman glided continuously as he effortlessly passed by the mounted cavalrymen who perched tall upon their steed and moved away. Once again, the cavalryman lifted his iron spear, taking advantage of his horse momentum and directed it towards the nobleman's chest. With an angry bellow, he shouted, You insolent brat! The long spear hurtled toward its target with tremendous force, but the nobleman, adorned in his refined attire, remained unfazed. Expressionless, he clutched onto the spearhead and pulled it backward, furthering the momentum of the charging horse. Then, in a swift motion, he leapt slightly and pressed down hard on the horse's head, rendering the formidable warhorse, weighing about 2,000 pounds, completely immobilized. The horse crashed to the ground, sending the spear-wielded cavalryman on its back flying a significant distance away. As the cavalryman attempted to rise from the ground, using the spear as support, a graceful maid in a dark gown approached him. She lifted her foot, stomped right onto the head of the cavalryman, 
and smashed his face into the ground, reducing him to a pitiful and wretched state. In the midst of it all, the nobleman in his exquisite attire maintained his poised composure while offering a gentle applause. His gaze shifted toward the remaining cavalrymen, which simmered with mixed emotions of fear and anger. Taking a single step forward, he compelled the demoralized group to retreat instinctively. Just as the cavalrymen were regaining their composure, a deafening thunder of hooves echoed through the air, bringing a wave of relief as they recognized the arrival of their master and swiftly made way for him. Moving at a leisurely pace on a Palomino Fergana horse, the rider atop bore an uncanny resemblance to the esteemed lord of Guangling, Zhao Yi. Despite the horse's remarkable speed, the visibly heavy rider caused its back to quiver, his finely tailored garments unable to conceal his enormous girth. Following closely behind, a rare blue roan colt carried a great clothed old man whose intense gaze was filled with unwavering determination. Once the horse came to a halt, the fat man on its back didn't even spare a glance at Xu Fengyan. Instead, he grinned and stared lustfully at some of the women around, one more voluptuous than the next, hastily wiping the drool from his mouth with his sleeve. With a wave of his hand, he exclaimed, Get them! Xu Fengyan smiled. Zhao Biao, are you trying to steal women from me? Surprised, Zhao Biao, Prince of Guangling, asked a question that suited his style. Do I know you? Have we met before? Xu Fengyan smiled and faintly said, Not particularly. Zhao Biao rolled his eyes and said, then what's this nonsense? Get lost if you don't want to lose your skin. Then what's this nonsense? Get lost if you don't want to lose your skin and be thrown into the Guangling River. Consider taking women from you a privilege 